Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Choo choo! Boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike. With co host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! I am. That just happened! That just happened! Don't touch that dial. You've got another rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And boy, Mike, what a show we have to uh, to kind of present to everyone today with uh, the guests that we have. But we want to kind of start off on a uh, on a little bit of a somber note uh, this morning uh, with the EHV outbreak uh, at the Meadows uh, coming up yesterday. Yeah, and Kim Hankins, the... Uh, executive director of the MSOA was supposed to be on this program, but he had to cancel. Obviously, there's a lot going on at the Meadows, and this just came out, I believe, the other day, and it reads as follows. By order of the PA State Horse Racing Commission, due to a horse testing positive for EVH, no horses will be allowed in or out of the Meadows until further notice. Further updates will be announced as decisions are made. That was uh, released by the executive director of the msoa kim hankins not a good situation over there i know they had to cancel yesterday i believe they're going through that uh, that unsure weather situation with the track condition as well mike where we usually see this in late february and early march but we're starting to see it now where you're having the the track just you know evaporate the tough tough times with the thaw the below freezing temperatures and then it gets above freezing it can be tough a lot of times yeah, definitely. That thaw can really uh, kind of wreak havoc on uh, racetracks. Uh, we saw a lot of racetracks. Western Fair canceled on Monday along with Woodbine. Um, a lot of tracks, you know, they just, it, it's it's tough. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in um, our staff meeting uh, this past Monday at Northfield. And the amount of work that goes into uh, putting on a show and getting the racetrack uh, kind of put together, it's a lot of time and money. Yeah, it certainly is. So uh, hopefully the you know the situation at the Meadows will get better. Of course, we'll keep everybody up to date on that. And uh, you could uh, follow Chris Gooden, follow Kim Hankins, all them guys on Facebook and Twitter, Roger Houston as well, and they will certainly keep you up to date. But, uh, Mike, we have a little bit, of, uh, on a better note, we have a little bit uh, of an announcement to make is uh, we are going to start with a newsletter, Mike, uh, as we continue to kind of extend the brand of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Tell us a little bit about the newsletter that people could start to uh, look forward to seeing. 
Yeah, we've got a uh, kind of a creative name which you came up with. I'll let you get to that in just a, just a couple of minutes. But uh, uh, we got a newsletter coming out uh, coming over the next couple of weeks. We're going to do it weekly uh, to kind of start off with, kind of get our feet wet, see uh, what's going on around there, and uh, it'll kind of just break some stories uh, on Thursday uh, Thursday evening. And you know, we'll have a couple of uh, you know maybe we'll have some international stories. Maybe we'll have some. Uh, you know, handicapping segments in there, but something we're just going to kind of just try to get our feet wet, see how it goes and kind of go from there. Well, it's going to go along with our theme, Mike, positively promoting the sport of harness racing. So we're going to have some really good stories on there. We've got uh, uh, a couple of stories that we're going to break on there as well. And uh, we hope to get the first one out sometime tonight. So definitely check our website post time with Mike and Mike. Uh, for that and it's going to kind of be like our show is mike i guess the first couple we're not really going to publicize all that well because you know they're kind of test editions and in test issues and as soon as we kind of get our feet wet and get comfortable we're going to uh kind of go uh, full steam ahead with it but uh exciting times and speaking of exciting times mike you may have noticed another thing that the post time with mike and mike is going to attempt to do and that is uh handicapping videos we're going to continue to add to our handicappers corner section of the website with videos and replays and trip notes and i'll tell you what it worked out good for the both of us mike uh, come, uh last tuesday at western fair because we hit that late pick four and we had a nice 22 to one shot at the end of the boot so you know hopefully we can uh, help the fans make some money Listen, even a uh, even a blind squirrel can uh, can find a nut once in a while. And uh, listen, we found a twenty-two to one shot in it. It worked out for us. Uh, you know, the horse raced really well. And uh, too bad I didn't have another super high five coming my way, though. Ah, absolutely. Well, listen, we've got a great show on tap for you today. As we said, Kim Hankins was going to be on the program, but he had to cancel. We hope to reschedule him in a couple of weeks. But we've got a great show nonetheless. And in the on deck circle, it's the track announcer. At Gulfstream Park, Pete Aiello and Mike. Pete had a chance to go to uh, Nick Sarek's place in Florida and jog a few horses, I believe. Or actually, no, I take that back. He jogged a few horses at Pompano Park. And uh, uh, Pete and I know had to have a thrill of a lifetime. And as a matter of fact, we've got a little bit of a special clip that we're going to play when Pete comes on. Uh, more on that in a moment. But Jay Hochsteller from Trotcast Revolution is going to join us. Boy, I'll tell you what, that duo put out a series of videos over the past week that really took Twitter by storm. Mike really created a lot of conversation. Listen, somehow we got tagged in something, and all of a sudden it just blew up into this huge thing. And my, I don't know about your phone, but mine completely – I almost had to leave it off the hook. I thought Kate was going to smack me yesterday because my phone was going off so much. But uh, it created some interesting buzz, interesting conversation, and uh, it'll definitely uh, – we're, we're going to kind of shake things up a little bit, see what Jay has to say. We're also going to go with our inside handicapping segment Buffalo Raceway track handicapper Brian Mazurik will join the program and talk a little bit about uh, the handicapping going on. Boy, uh, they got some quality racing going on over at Buffalo, but I'll tell you what, they've really uh, spun on some tough times horse population-wise. Yeah, they certainly have, but nonetheless, it's good racing. We're going to talk to Brian Mazurik about how to handicap that. And, and as the meet goes on, and it happens almost uh, every place, Mike, when the meet first starts, you know, sometimes horse population can be tough. So they'll certainly, the horse population will improve there, and it'll uh, be a, a great uh, wagering product. So we're going to talk to Brian a little bit about that. Plus, Mike, how about Carl Howard? The uh, CEO and president of Fazoli's is going to join us. Well, I'll tell you what. Fazoli's is some good, good stuff. And you want to talk about a company that's doing really well. Fazoli's is doing really well. Of course, Carl Howard, uh, 
prominent horse owner as well in the harness racing industry. So we're going to talk to him about that. So a big show coming up here at Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. When we come back, it's our good friend, the track announcer of Gulfstream Park, Pete Aiello, on the other side of this timeout. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the track announcer at Gulfstream Park, Mr. Pete Aiello. Pete, what's going on, my friend? Was there anything to the fact that you just opened from the commercial break with Jackson Brown and I went and saw him last week, or am I reading too much into it? <laughs> No, I, the Mike controls the uh, controls the uh, studio part of it. So uh, listen, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike's kind of taking over and reading your mind a little bit. I just think he uh, Facebook stalks me one too many times and knows exactly what I'm doing, exactly <laughs> when I'm doing it. Well, listen, Pete, you had a chance to uh, kind of work with uh, the Nick Zurich stable uh, this weekend at Pompano Park and kind of jog some horses, but. You know, you, you, you've called a couple of harness races uh, with Gabe Pruitt. Uh, actually, I think uh, when you go there and uh, when I come down next month, he's going to probably put us to work. But uh, you, you, you call, I'm sure, a few more uh, a few more harness races than you're used to. How did you uh, kind of get started with uh, harness racing and kind of where did uh, your interest come from? Well, I'm from down this this way in South Florida. I've you know, worked all over North America and ended up right back where I started, which is always ironic day in and day out. But uh, I remember going to the to Pompano Park when I was a child and just loving the racing there. And my dad tells the story, actually, that uh, I consider my infancy in harness racing to be at Pompano Park. My dad says I'm wrong, that when I was two years old, we spent a year and a half, almost two years in Washington, D.C., 
and on Saturday mornings to make sure I, we, that I didn't wake up my mother when I was about a year and a half, two years old, my dad would bundle me up and we'd go to Rosecroft. And he said I would stand on the rail and watch the horses jog and train at Rosecroft and never make a sound. He could have his coffee and read his racing form for the day and do what he needed to do. And I was as content as I could be at two years old. So I think that probably eclipses my thoroughbred memories, to be honest with you. Hello, Mike Bozich here. You had a chance to uh, jog some horses with Nick Surick at Pompano Park. Is this the first time you've jogged? No, actually. Uh, I have. Uh, this is the second North American venue I jogged at. The most recent time I was behind a horse was six and a half years ago, if my math is right, at uh, Lebanon Raceway, which, of course, is no more. It's now moved to uh, – is it Miami Valley that, that, that became that – be, that became what Lebanon was, I get them confused between that and Dayton Raceway. Yep, yeah. it was uh, Miami Valley. Yeah, so I, I was at the uh, I was at the old Lebanon, and I got to go to, to jog two horses there. But sensibly, when I worked in the harness industry for a summer in northern Alberta at Evergreen Park, uh, I'm curious as to how many of the listeners of this program have ever even heard of it, let alone been there. <laughs> well, listen, Pete, I don't know if you actually noticed, but we got with Nick Sirk a couple of days before you uh, went and jogged at Pompano Park, and he actually mic'd you up for the uh, jog around the racetrack. So uh, we actually have footage, or I should say video. Uh, <laughs> we no, we, we, Well, we don't want to play the video because we, we had to get the audio. The audio is uh, pretty good enough. So if listen very, very closely to Pete Aiello mic'd up as he jogs the horse for Nick Surik. kind of talk we we touched a little bit uh, obviously we're a hardest program and you've got a huge race coming up on a saturday and one thing you mentioned in uh, your facebook post was kind of like your 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 kind of like your pegasus world cup kind of just like relaxation uh type of moment uh was, was this kind of like a just kind of a relaxation moment getting ready for saturday or was this uh, something uh, you've been wanting to do for a little bit uh actually both uh, I, you know, I, when I started out, uh, I have no horse experience at all. Right. I mean, I was, a was, and still am a card carrying degenerate gambler. I mean, that was the end of the business that I was exposed to. So that was the business uh, end of the business that I gravitated towards. So until I got to Alberta and of course I was working on the front side, I was the identifier, the paddock judge and the assistant racing secretary at Evergreen. Uh, we were only racing three days a week at the time. And I made a comment to one of the trainers that one of the things i I very much wanted to do was to get behind a horse and jog him. And he laughed in my face and told me to show up at the barn the next day. And, you know, of course now being exposed to the business and knowing folks in the business, it is somewhat of a laughable request to think that somebody uh, would want to do it that badly. Cause there are so many, you know, old pro racehorses that can just jog themselves, just stay out of their way. Um, and I 
did some of that. Uh, my first couple horses I got behind were that way. And then I had the, got to the point where I actually halfway knew what I was doing uh, and gained the respect of everyone on the backside and uh, all the drivers that were, were up that way. And they used to love to mess with me. They'd, they'd take their horse and put him right behind me and breathe down my neck just because they knew that no matter how much I was prepared that that was going to happen, it would still um, make me uh, tense up a little bit. Pete Ayala joining us, uh, Pete the track announcer at Gulfstream Park. Now, Pete, you obviously have got the big race coming up on Saturday, and it's a little bit of a different type of format, a different type of stakes race. And, of course, we're talking about the Pegasus Cup. For those people that may not be aware of how the Pegasus Cup works as far as getting your horses in, can you tell us a little bit about that? And the second part of that question, do you ever foresee something like this maybe – uh, that harness racing can take advantage of putting together a race like this? Well, the, I can answer the second question first. We were talking when I was at Nick's Barn on Tuesday that there had been at least some rumblings of a similar format Pegasus World Cup, which is in essence a little bit of a different format than we're used to. You know, you're certainly used to paying entry fees and stakes races both on the standard bread side and on the thoroughbred side, but the entry fee to the Pegasus World Cup is $1 million. Um that's a steep entry fee, but the caveat to that is is that you don't have to actually own a horse to buy a spot in the race. These spots are bought sometimes by people who don't have horses in the race, and then they worry about who they're going to get in the race later and come up with revenue-sharing agreements for some of the horses that have a chance, and that's been done this year as it was done last year. So uh, I think that you know, depending on the situation, and certainly harness racing is in a much more uh, advantageous position in terms of capitalizing on the – everyday person and the everyday fan uh, because it is a much more hands-on sport. I really don't think anybody could dispute that. Uh, I think that they are well situated to come up with a scenario where you could get some outside business investors as owners of spots and big races and then expose them to the business that way as well. I think it's kind of killing two birds to one with one stone as you get new owners in the game, so to speak, but they're really not owners because they're more uh, stakeholders in the race as opposed to stakeholders in the horse. So it's a huge investment, but it's a one-time shot. Pete, obviously uh, a lot goes into prepping for Saturday's uh, Saturday's race, and the whole race card I've kind of looked over a little bit is actually uh, very good. What goes in, uh, since you've taken over the job at Gulfstream Park full-time, uh, you kind of had a lot uh, thrown on your plate. You had the $16 million, or excuse me, a $12 million race last year. It was now 16 this year. And, of course, you've got the Florida Derby and all those big derby prep race. What kind of prep work do you do leading up to a race like this? Well, the biggest thing you do is you try to keep your wits about you and, and, and be as even-keeled as you can, and that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, they moved the Eclipse Awards to Pegasus Week now, so that just adds an extra layer of stress and pressure onto the week because I'll be here until about midnight tonight before I get to go home, you know, fall asleep, come back and call 11 more races, and then hopefully, you know, he keep my nerves in check and then get some sleep before I'm back at, you know, probably 7, 7.30 for the Pegasus card, so... The biggest thing is is just trying to keep sharp mentally and not tire yourself out. Uh, and then from there, the other thing, at least for me, that I learned last year, and certainly I'm not going to fix it if it's not broken, is the worst thing you can do on a big day or any day, really, at least for me, certain, certain guys are different, don't change your routine because it's one of those things that mentally your mind will know, hey, this is different. And anything that's different with an added layer of pressure is that you know, you're inviting yourself to make a mistake. 
So for me, I'm just going to try to do it exactly the way I did it last year. Last year was nerve-wracking enough, and hopefully this year is a little bit easier for me because at least I have last year's good experience to draw on. And last year was a, certainly a heck of a race call. But, Pete, I know that, uh, you know, when you when you get to doing a big race like this, that you could kind of try to calm yourself down as much as you possibly can and talk about business as usual as much as you possibly can. But when you get a minute or two before that race, it still has to be butterflies. Take us – give us a little bit of a preview of what you're like about a minute before that race. Are the butterflies uh, flying down there in that stomach? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And one of the things I actually got great advice from a colleague of ours, Vic Stauffer, who's the announcer at Oakland, who was actually, uh, you know, he's called his fair share of major stakes races here at Gulfstream and at Hollywood Park and pretty much all over North America. And he actually he sent me a message on Twitter last year before the race and told me that it's going to sound silly, but one thing you have to do, you must do, before the race is just take a giant deep breath and take three or four of them. Uh, and he said that it's not so much from a mental standpoint, it's a physical thing for you because when the race starts, your body's going to naturally tense up because you're so uh, excited and you're under so much pressure, you're nervous. So you tense up when you're nervous. He goes, that's the absolute worst thing you can do for your diaphragm because then when you go to get air, you don't have any to get. So if you can open up your lungs before the start of the race, then when you do tense up, you'll still have enough air. And I thought, uh, you know, he was kind of nuts when he told me that, and I had never done such thing. But I'll tell you what, guys, I did it about a minute, minute and a half before the race. I said, what the hell, it's not going to hurt anything. And, man, what a difference. And now anytime there's a big race, I do that. Because, you know, especially with me, I do get excited and I do get pumped up. And the last thing you want to do is be in mid-sentence and be struggling for air. Well, listen. I'll be uh, I'll be down a couple of weeks after the uh, Pegasus World Cup. We're gonna have some fun uh, down in South Florida. And listen, just just do me one favor on Saturday. As long as there, if you don't say anything else, as long as there's no, there we go with the antics. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I almost I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing the, the the antics. There was a horse yesterday that I called a winner, and as soon as I made that statement. She tried to jump one of the tracks on the turf course, and Joel Rosario almost fell off. And, you know, three weeks ago, the horse looked home and cooled on the turf for about a half a million dollars. A guy was going to win in the Rainbow Six, and the, <laughs> the horse ended up ducking in and losing the rider. And then it was last week. I make a comment that a horse is retreating only to have her clip heels as I'm making that statement. I'll tell you what, guys, I am the ultimate jinx. You want me to make no comment of any kind on anything to do with the horse that you back, and you're usually in good shape. Well, Pete, well listen, was that, I want. Was that? The, I decided to interject here real quick. Was that the worst beat that you ever saw with that Sunshine Millions, that horse getting to the wire and and losing the jockey? Uh, that was pretty bad because I mean it was a situation where you know Fawn Leaf was was on the lead and was in essence holding on and just kicking away and then ducked in, but this horse actually ducked in closer to the wire than Fawn Leaf. The difference was he made a long sustained run from the back and split horses and did a lot of things that Fawn Leaf didn't have to worry about. So Fawn Leaf was their own worst enemy, and, I, and this horse obviously was too, but it was strange because he handled everything they threw at him up until that point. 
Well, listen, no wonder I lost a photo yesterday, uh, you know, a close photo. You know, you had to say something about my horse. No, I'm totally, totally, totally kidding there, my friend. Well, listen, Pete, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. That uh, It's going to be a lot of fun in South Florida, and good luck coming up on uh, Saturday. Thanks, guys. And, Mike, when you do come down here, we're going to have to go back to the barn area, and then you can get your uh, real uh, sound effects when you and me get behind horses together, and then maybe we can get Gabe involved and uh, Charity involved and see uh, – little three horse training session and see who comes out on top hey hey listen that that should be a good time i talked to nick uh the other day he said uh he'll be glad to have me so uh, maybe we need to all go down and uh, jog some horses together that sounds good to me all right buddy well good luck on saturday and uh, listen all the best for all of us here man thanks a lot good to be on the show all right, that was track announcer Pete Aiello. What a great guy he is, uh, Mike. Uh, he, you know, fantastic individual with a great sense of humor and uh, likes to have a little bit of fun too. Absolutely, and he has turned into one heck of a race caller and uh, definitely a premier race caller, I think, right now in the in the sport of uh, all of horse racing, whether you talk about thoroughbred or harness. But certainly an interesting situation, an interesting scenario that the Pegasus Cup is and uh, what it has turned into. And you have to think that maybe harness racing can, you know, kind of, I don't want to say copycat it, but certainly maybe take that format, take that template and kind of work with it and mold it into its own a little bit. And, and, you know, who knows, maybe a couple of years down the road, we could turn something like that into a pretty big event because the Pegasus cup has really turned into quite an attraction. Well, listen, Pete made some uh, pretty interesting uh, statements about, you know, making uh, ma- not necessarily new in- owners, but kind of investing a little bit. Uh, some of these guys will invest in, uh, you know, horses and kind of create a revenue sharing agreement. You know what? We're, we're getting ready to talk to Jay Hochstetler here in just a couple of minutes. Maybe we'll have to, you know, kind of push his buttons a little bit and see uh, what he thinks about it. All right, when we come back, it's the Troncast Revolution's Jay Hochstetler on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and traditional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Carl Howard, the president and CEO of Fazoli's and prominent horse owner, will be joining us in about 10, 15 minutes or so. Plus, Brian Mazurik from Buffalo Raceway is going to be joining us on our inside handicapping segment. And we're going to talk to Brian a little bit about the correct way to handicap the half mile track at Hamburg Buffalo Raceway. But first, it's the Trotcast Revolution's very own Jay Hochstetler. And Jay, I got to tell you, as I look outside our Oakton, Maryland studios, we got about 20 or 30 protesters out there holding up signs talking about uh, banning Jay. And, you know, listen, you guys have created quite a stir over the past week, week and a half on Twitter with some of these new, fresh, out of the box ideas. But uh, you know what? Quite frankly, that's the point of it all is to spur discussion, isn't it? Yeah. We always, some of our ideas we know are totally outside the box, and we're going to think people are going to, it never happens. But our kind of idea is that innovation is kind of like art. It's supposed to make the people that feel uncomfortable in the world comfortable, and people that feel comfortable should be made uncomfortable by art. And that's kind of the same way with new ideas. The people that are used to what's going on are supposed to say, I don't know about this, but it's change, and change is something. Either with good or bad, things need to change in harness racing. I think that's pretty much an indisputable fact. Well, Jay, listen, I had a chance to, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, me and my old boss at Buffalo Raceway, John Kramer, we came down to visit uh, Tom Augusti at the Red Mile. And I I read a little bit of your paper, your mom, uh, Connie uh, had, uh, a, you know, your marketing paper in the office. I read kind of went through it a little bit and there, there was some really good information in there. And you guys have really sparked some pretty, you know, kind of cool ideas. Talk a little bit about this uh, 200 meter dash thing that you guys have uh, kind of come up with. Yeah. So it was originally Ryan's idea and he just kind of spitballed it to me. And at first I was like, I don't even understand what you're trying to do. But then he, we, before we did the episode, we started talking about it and brainstorming, and we realized it rectifies a lot of the problems that we have in harness racing. People say, well, there's not enough action. Well, with a 200-meter dash where every horse is going separately, you just have nonstop, you know, maybe 40 seconds tops is what it takes each horse to go with the start-up and stop times. So you're going for maybe 10 minutes straight of just horses dashing for 200 meters. And now instead of – you're not limited by the size of the track. You can have 16 horses in one dash competition. So now you have more betting options. You have more action. And it really opens up how many different types of betting uh, formats that you can do. And no one's limited by posts. Everyone gets to be right on the rail as they're going through their dash. So you don't have to throw out the outside posts on a small track. So we're talking about uh, basically the two horses racing against each other. Am I reading that right? No, just one horse. It's strictly by time. That's how like the the finishing. It's going to be no placing. Just one horse goes, and that time comes up on the leaderboard, 
and then the next horse goes, and so on. Now, of course, some of the um, some of the detractors, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term, uh, on Twitter obviously try to pick this thing apart as they uh, try to do most ideas. But uh, one of the things that came up was the actual timing. Now, your retort to it was, well, you know, they could do it in the Olympics. They don't seem to have a problem doing it in any other time sports. Why would it be a problem here? What uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what, do you, what do you say to these uh, people? And I don't want to, you know, throw names out there or anything, but, uh, I mean, what do you say to these people that right away kind of just put their guard up and reject stuff like that? You know, I want to see people kind of pick apart my ideas to an extent because we're bound to overlook something or fi- they will find an error that will make our idea even better. But when you initially just say it's not going to work, well, that's not constructive. What I'm looking for is you to pick, a, uh, pick an issue with it and say, well, maybe it can be changed to do this because this is a, certainly a possible idea. It's not just immediately a throw-out idea. And the fact to say that the timing thing will never work, I find that absurd. If I mean, I, I watch motocross and stuff. They time it just fine. There's never an uproar. Well, the timer was wrong. There's that's never happened. So if you to put in the money and put in the hard work to have a as accurate as humanly possible timing system in place, no one can argue about that because it's as good as humanity can offer. Now, Jay, we just had uh, Gulfstream Park track announcer Peter Aylo on, and we're going to pick your ba- brain a little bit uh, as the Pegasus World Cup comes up on a Saturday afternoon. And we kind of talked to him a little bit about, you know, could harness racing kind of come up with some sort of a race like this? And one kind of interesting thought was uh, when people are entering their horses into the Pegasus World Cup, the spots are not always purchased by the owners. Uh, they're purchased by stakeholders or inventor, investors, and they create some sort of revenue sharing agreement. What do you think, if any, that harness racing could do to kind of match that? And uh, do you think it could be done? I absolutely think it could be done. I, for one thing, I think it could open up a, a race where it's different from any type of harnessing you've seen. I think you should go a, for a North American harness racing, a very long distance compared to what we're used to with a lot of horses. Because that way you're going to have – you're higher, more likely to have a higher handle on the race, which if you're going to do a revenue-sharing agreement is pretty important. Now, the next thing with harness racing is, okay, you need to prove that you're going to be able to market and have an attendance and have a revenue that's going to actually attract people to buy spots. That's a challenge that is not met by a lot of racetracks. I I certainly think the Meadowlands could do it. They have the capabilities and they have the setup that, to be able to do something like that. But it, uh, there has to be a plan set in place that you say we can we are confident we can bring X amount of people in here and they will spend X amount of money to make this worth your while on top of the chance to win the race. Okay, Jay, we're going to make you the czar of harness racing. Now, you inherit harness racing as of 11.03, or actually 11.04 a.m. Eastern time uh, on this Thursday, January 25th. What is What are some of the first things that you think that can be done right away? I mean, like within week one or week two of your reign that uh, can improve harness racing like that? The first thing I do is immediately the mile format needs to go away, except for maybe two-year-olds. I could see having a mile format for two-year-olds, but the mile is simply too short of a distance for the modern harness horse. It, it eliminates so many horses from the contention when they're of you know 10 lengths back. They just cannot make up the ground in a mile because horses are just too conditioned, they're too talented, and they, it's an all-out sprint. 
Europe has varying formats with multiple like long distances. Australia does the same thing. It puts more horses in contention, which by and so facto, you have more horses that will be a bettable option. So your handle goes up. That's the first thing I do, Every, especially a half-mile track. You've seen what Yonkers has been able to do with the more horses in a race with a longer distance. There's more betting options. The wind payouts are bigger. The handle's bigger, You know, obviously aided by having a, another country help you. But that's the first thing I do. And that's, there's nothing that says you can't do that. So right away, the, a mile and a quarter should be the, the races. I think the Meadowlands would do great with a mile and a quarter. There's so many horses that could not stay on the front end like that. It would change racing altogether. Now, one last, uh, one last czar question for you, a little bit, uh, Jay. Um, if we let's just say we, you know, we add the distance, which I am all in favor for. I think me and Mike uh, have talked about this uh, till we're blue in the face that we're for the, you know, maybe we need to go shorter, maybe we need to go longer. Some horses can't go a full mile. Some horses can't go a mile and a half. Then what do we need to do as far as the qualifying standards go? Because that's been a big debate over the last couple of years is, are we qualifying too much? Are we forcing owners or trainers or, you know, horsemen to qualify too much? The rule went from 30 to 45 days. How would we kind of adjust that? Or how do you think that would take place? In a perfect world, I'd like to us to be able to show workouts like every other, like thoroughbreds do. Obviously, training centers we have and, you know, less and less tracks having stapling, that makes it very difficult. But I've never, I'm kind of opposed on the uh, thing we qualify too much because the guys that say we qualify too much, I see their stakes horses in to qualify all the time instead of putting them in an open to actually race for money. So what, what are you actually trying to prove? Are you saying we qualify too much yet you're qualifying when you don't actually need to? So, I mean, I think for for the betters, they need to see form. They need to see something on the page where they're not just seeing 60 days off and I have no idea what, what to even count on. You know, people have said, well, thoroughbreds take five weeks off in between the races. Yes, but they have workouts. Now, harness horses can take races more than thoroughbreds can, so I don't, I don't have a problem with us having a, you know, a shortened date for qualifiers, the 45 days or 30 days, whatever you want it in what state. But if we are obligated to show to betters a something they can go off on the page because they can't come and see these horses at the training centers and clock them all the time. So there's no clocker to give them that information either. So we're I feel the qualifiers they're a necessary thing and we just have to suck it up because we owe it to the betters. All right, good stuff. That's the Troncast Revolutions, Jay Honkstetler. Jay, where can people find you? Where can people follow the uh, the program? Yeah, you can always go to trotcast.com. Every episode we've ever made is up there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at JD Harness. I put up anything from Trotcast that we have for that week. And uh, you can basically also follow uh, my my own stable page with my dad. It's uh, Homer Hawksteller Racing Stable or at uh, Team Hawk on Twitter. All right, good stuff. Well, Jay, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we urge each and every one of you guys to uh, check out the Troncast Revolution. Go to troncast.com and uh, follow Jay on Twitter and all that good stuff. Jay, we appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, that was Jay Honksteller. Some good stuff there. I'll tell you that uh, they really come up with some very interesting ideas, and even Jay admits that you know a lot of them are way too far out of the box, but you know what? Listen, spurring discussion about how we can improve our sport, Mike, is always a good thing.
Yeah, definitely. Even, you know, those ideas and that may not work. You heard him say that uh, some of their ideas are a little out there, but and they know that it's not, you know, not necessarily that it's not going to work, but maybe that, you know, it sounds a little crazy. And some of the ideas they, you know, brought up, you know, the quarter horse uh, type theme uh, is, is kind of an interesting thought, the 200 meter dashes. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, where kind of harness racing goes from here. All right, still lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Carl Howard, the president and CEO of Fazoli's and Provident Horse Owner, is going to be joining us here in just a moment. Plus, Buffalo Raceway's Brian Mazurik and much, much more left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by a very special guest. He is the president and CEO of Fazoli's, Carl Howard, and prominent horse owner as well. Carl, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you having me on. All right, no problem. Well, Carl, we know you're a busy guy. Fazoli is doing very, very well. Before we start talking about the sport of harness racing, let's talk about your background a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Fazoli's. Yeah, so Fazoli's is a a, a premium uh, QSLR brand. So we kind of fit between a, a fast food restaurant and the Olive Garden. And We've got a really great positioning, unbelievable value, and our food quality is just fantastic. So we, we really got a great formula right now. 
Uh, you see it in our sales. You see it in the, the new restaurants we're opening. And, you know, it's just a great time to be involved with Fazoli's. Now, Carl, I'll tell you, I had never been to a Fazoli's before until last year uh, when I met my uh, fiance. And she said, you got to try this place. You know, you're you're part Italian. you got to try this place. I tell you, I walked in and absolutely loved uh, loved what we had, and uh, it was very good food. If you've never been to Fazoli's, you got to check it out. But Carl, how uh, how did you get into the sport of harness racing, and uh, you know, how did you wind up where you're at now? Yeah, so I used to uh, spend the weekends at the Haberstras with my my buddy Timmy and Tommy and Big, and they used to take me to the track um, on the weekends. So, like Pete, the first racetrack I ever went to was Lebanon Raceway in Ohio. You, you know, I just, I became hooked. I, my first bet was two across the board on Passport Pete. He won. He got taken down. I was out of money, and I watched the races for the rest of the day. Just enjoyed it and fell in love with it. And you know, the buddy, my buddies from high school, uh, and I have been going to the track ever since. Carl, that's you know one of the things I think that's that story is synonymous about people that absolutely fall in love with the game of the sport of harness racing. Now you've owned uh, quite a few horses. Tell us about some of the horses you own. Tell us about some of your favorite memories as far as owning horses in the sport. Yeah, well, I mean, one stands out for sure. That's 2010. I had a horse, uh, Sand Summerfield. I was a little disappointed in how he did in the stake season. You know, he he finished third. He was just a Great horse with great gate speed, but the first uh, time I ever uh, had a horse run on Jug Day, first time I ever had a horse run at Delaware, and the Jug is special to me for so many reasons. I've been going with my buddies to the Jug for you know 30 years, and I was in the you know, he, Sand Summerfield one. He's dominant. Uh, Brian Sears drove him wire to wire. We beat some good horses, and you know when I ha- had that cup in my hand, and it wasn't a big purse. I mean. Um, you know, I just broke out crying. It was that emotional to me to be able to win on Jug Day. And uh, my buddies and I partied that night. We drank out of that cup until uh, we we, we uh, could barely walk. So it was a great day. Carl, uh, you met, you bring up Jug Day, and you know Fazoli uh, really takes a lot of pride in helping out with uh, Jug Day and kind of doing some sponsorship things. How did you guys become so involved with uh, Little Brown Jug Day? Yeah, so uh, the late, great Sam McKee reached out to me just on a whim and said, hey, would Fazoli's have any interest in sponsoring the jug? And my immediate reaction was, no, not really. Um, it's not necessarily uh, by a group of company restaurants. We do have some franchisees in Columbus and around the market. But the more we talked about it and the more we worked out the the, the, the financial metrics, we were able to figure out that, you know, this is going to be a good investment for Fazoli's. So, you know, my first responsibility is to the shareholders of the organization. So, you know, I can't just spend money because I'm in love with harness racing. So, you know, I, I thought that Sam and the team did a great job of uh, putting a package together that made sense for us. And so, you know, we sponsored the jug for a couple of years. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, the, the Delaware and the folks there have just decided not to, to broadcast the show. Yeah, I think that certainly was uh, that was you know that was obviously a big blow. I mean, any time that you know we lose exposure, you know, I think that I mean obviously that hurts us and uh, you know hurts the sport in general. Visiting with Carl Howard, he is the president and CEO of uh, Fazoli's. Carl, you talked about the emotional uh, win, and and I'll tell you what, it's it's always and all the owners and all the trainers that we've talked to. I mean it. You know, we can't understate enough how much a lot of these guys and yes, you know, get emotional.
emotional when they actually win a race. A lot of them get, you know, and I don't want to say too emotional, but a lot of them certainly get excited even when they win an overnight race. What would what would your dream race if if you could only win one race out there? What would be the dream race that that uh, Carl Howard would like to win as an owner? Little Brown Jug, that's, uh, no question. So I, I would love to uh, be standing in victory circle as a partner, as an owner of a horse on Jug Day. That would be a dream come true, and um, uh, we're going to make that happen at some point in time. Virgil's gonna, Virgil and I are going to make that happen. All right, sounds fantastic. Well, listen, buddy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And once again, let's give Fazoli's a little bit of a plug. Uh, how many locations you guys got now? 220, and we're, we've got eight under construction, so they'll be popping up all over the country from uh, uh, Plant City, Florida, to Monroe, Michigan. Or to, uh, we're building the e- southeast part of the country right now. All right, fantastic stuff. Well, Carl, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck, my friend, in the future going forward with the horses and the business. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. We appreciate it. All right, that was Carl Howard, the president and CEO of Fazoli's. And uh, here's once again, Mike, you, you get a guy that's given back to the sport of harness racing, uh, sponsoring the Little Brown Jug for a couple of years there, and, and uh, you know, owning horses, investing back in the sport, and also has some mainstream appeal, too, with uh, Fazoli's. I think, you know, people like this are very important to attract the sport of harness racing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. And, uh, you know, Carl shared some uh, fond memories. Uh, it's interesting. Lebanon Raceway is getting a lot of uh, le- a lot of play this morning. A lot of love. A lot of love. Old Lebanon Raceway, boy. I remember, uh, I remember Lebanon. I remember Lebanon. There was a little half-mile track, uh, you know, obviously speed favoring. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, I think kind of like every half-mile track, if you get the speed to break down and get the horses to come from the back, you could certainly make some money. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that statement. Listen, uh, you, you remember Lebanon. You also remember Foxborough, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I yeah. loved Foxborough Raceway. Can't forget Foxborough. We still have a lot left coming up on this show of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's our Inside Handicap segment coming up next with our man from Buffalo Raceway, Brian Mazurik. But, uh, Mike, I don't know. I know you've been pretty busy this week with a lot going on. But uh, tell us or talk to us. A horse that's in our open. Always be Mickey. You know, always be Mickey's a dad. You broke up, so I missed like every part of that question. <laughs> always be Mickey's a dad. Yeah, always be Mickey's a father. And uh, listen, I meant to, you know what? I meant to reach out to one of our cohorts, uh, Taylor Johnston, because she works out at that farm, Mike. Uh, she may have helped deliver that full she might have helped deliver that full so uh we'll have maybe we'll have to have taylor on uh, next week and uh talk a little bit about it all right we're going to take a time out when we come back it's brian mazurk on post time with mike and mike presented by bet america have you checked out the new meadowlands racing and entertainment the meadowlands features world-class harness racing every friday and saturday night beginning at 6 35 You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club, where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs, including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. 
New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, Rehab, Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the track handicapper at Buffalo Raceway and avid Patriots fan, Mr. Brian Mazurik. What's up, Brian? Uh, not much. I don't know about the Patriots fan, no, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, there's only room for one Patriots fan on this show. And uh, listen, the Bill, before we get into uh, Buffalo Raceway, the Bills, uh, they put on a clinic this year. They uh, they played very well. And, you know, I know the city of Buffalo uh, had to be partying uh, when Cincinnati uh, made the made that victory for uh, made their uh, made that victory to send them to the playoffs. It was long overdue. It's, you know, long suffering fans of the Bills, including myself, it was just, you know, I think the stars were aligned that day. And, you know, only things are going to improve for the Bills. I like Sean McDermott. I like, you know, their vision. And, you know, they made some tough, tough decisions along the way, getting rid of a few players. But it actually worked out for the best. Brian, talk to us uh, first a little bit about Buffalo Raceway. Uh, how did you get involved at Buffalo and uh, kind of talk about what you do there? Well, uh, I do the press releases. I do the handicapping. Uh, uh, basically just trying to keep, you know, the public informed on what's going on at the track uh, via Twitter or Facebook or, you know, through my blog. And uh, unfortunately, a little bit of a rough start this year with the, you know, weather. Uh, you know, but it is racing in western New York. You never know what to expect. But, you know... Uh, the horsemen, a few, you know, haven't been able to train their horses, thus the uh, lack of entries on Friday nights. But hopefully with a break in the weather, things will be turning around and we'll get back to that Friday night schedule as well. Brian, Mike Bozich here. Obviously, when the meet kind of first opens up, there could be some, you know, handicapping uh, quandaries that uh, people can find themselves in. Uh, tell us a little bit about handicapping Buffalo Raceway. What are some of the things that we need to look for with horses coming from Batavia or other places to Buffalo? Well, I always like looking at a horse that has been racing. You see some coming in from Dover and Northfield and up from Woodbine and, and Canada, 
and I always like seeing that. Uh, they tend to be a little bit fresher. Uh, they have a few races under their belt, even some coming up from Monticello. Because uh, Batavia and the Buffalo, it's a little more than a month break. So, you know, I like looking at a fresh horse coming in. I also like the fact that I like seeing a closer. Buffalo Raceway's got, I think, the longest stretch in uh, America when it comes to, you know, the run to the wire. And if you can get a closer, Buffalo Raceway is the perfect place for you. That's one thing I noticed uh, when I was there uh, during my tenure at Buffalo Raceway was it has the longest half-mile stretch in North America. And I tell you what, if you've got a ton of speed uh, coming late, uh, you're going to be on the scene uh, there, that's for sure. Uh, Brian, I think you might uh, remember uh, a couple of years ago during the Niatros knockout final, um, Jettison come flying on the outside with John Cummings Jr. and just blew right by everybody uh, coming down to the finish. And, uh, you know, the the Buffalo Raceway is a unique half-mile surface in the fact that the stretch is so long. And, and you have to kind of combat the closers with, you know, the speed horses in the field. And one thing about Buffalo is there's not a whole lot of speed or closing bias. No, there isn't. And of course, my dogs don't agree at this point. But no, <laughs> Your you, dogs don't the, like me. They didn't like me then. They don't like me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing with Buffalo is, you know, if you can get a, a good uh, starting out is the key. That first turn is always a tight turn. And you see guys, you know, tend to hang back. But you can make up ground on the backstretch and coming from home. You do have a lot of room. And I think that is a key when handicapping Buffalo. I like looking at the closers. But, Brian you know, Missouri joining us. Uh, go, go ahead, Brian. Uh, the hardest part right now, though, is to see how the track is going to play. If the front end speed's going to hold up or if it's going to be, uh, you know, the closers. And we've only had three cards in the book so far. And it it seems the horses that are, you know, first, second, third, or fourth are the ones that are winning. So Brian, that, that's know, what I've been looking for. Do Do you notice? Uh, does the track play a little differently? And and I know you know we talked about track biases, and I think that is. I don't know what to think of track biases. Sometimes I think maybe players uh, handicappers overrate them, and I think a lot of times they underrate them. But I think you certainly have to pay attention to them. How does the track play? As the meet goes on, because Buffalo obviously starts in the dead of winter, but then, you know, you get towards April, you get towards May, and things start to warm up. Is there a difference the way the track plays if the temperature changes? Uh, I believe that in the in the wintertime, I, I don't think the rail is, is as good as it is later in the season. When the track dries out and it's uh, spring and summer, I think the inside horses tend to do better, but... Right now, if you can't, you know, get a couple of winners from the outside post, I believe last night, in fact, you know, don't hold me to this, but I think there might have been two or three winners out of the eight post last night, which is, you know, not too bad. And that's a case where I think the inside might be a little bit not as quick as the outside. If you can get a good run out of the three and four lane coming down the stretch, you might have a chance. Now, Brian, obviously um, the uh, tornado that went through Buffalo Raceway last year kind of left uh, some parts of the track ravaged. Um, talk a little bit about uh, kind of what they done, what they had to do um, to kind of fix the place up and uh, what it looks like now. 
a lot of the places back to where the way it was. Uh, fortunately, there was no racing that day, and uh, if, the, if that would have been a Sunday afternoon, that could have been devastating. You know, it did happen on a Thursday afternoon, and uh, but fortunately, everything was repaired, and uh, the announcer's booth is brand new, and uh, the track really, you know, didn't take that much of a beating from the tornado because the Erie County Fair came in and was opened on time two weeks later. So, you know, the the track is totally used for the fair at that point with uh, tractor pulls and everything else. So once the fair ends, that's when they get to, you know, put new material down and everything in the fall to get it ready for the winter. So the tornado really didn't have much to do with the track surface itself, but uh, the grandstand suffered like uh, there were some windows that were blown out and the uh, announcer's booth was, you know, basically torn off. But everything's back to normal and places looking good. All right, Brian Mazurink, if people want to find analysis, find your picks, how can they go about doing so? Oh, they can go to uh, Brian's Buffalo Raceway Selections dot blogspot dot com, and there's every night's picks, and then on uh, Sunday we have a re- weekly recap of all the action and a look ahead to what's coming up at Buffalo Raceway. All uh, right, sounds good. Our man from Buffalo Raceway, Brian. Well, Brian, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. And uh, I know you were talking a little bit to Mike Carter at the beginning of this interview about the Buffalo Bills, and actually they. Uh, it wasn't too bad of a year. I think things may be going forward for them, but uh, hopefully the Bills can get it together and there could be uh, solid playoff contenders over the next couple of years. Well, I hope so, too. And, uh, you know, if you haven't taken a look at Buffalo Raceway, we've got a couple of unique stories going on. I think one I'd just like to mention quick is uh, Quicksilver Candy A that's owned by Larry Stahlbaum and trained by uh, Kim Asher. That horse was a 13-year-old last year and won 22 times, was the uh, tied with another horse with most wins in uh, the United States with 22. And uh, she's now 14, and she's 3-for-3 three three this year. So for a 14-year-old to, you know, win 25 races in a year, and I believe she won over $113,000 last year locally, which is, I, I don't ever remember a horse doing that. That's a good story coming out of Buffalo right now. So if you, she did win last night, and it's just amazing, a 14-year-old doing that kind of work yet. Yeah, well, as a 13-year-old, Quicksilver Candier was uh, was a finalist for the uh, the Foiled Again Post Time with Mike and Mike uh, Horse Award uh, winner. So maybe, perhaps, we've got the early morning line favorite for the Iron Horse Award here in 2018 if – Quicksilver Candier can continue that. Good, good stuff over there. Well, Brian, listen, we'll be following you on Twitter. We'll certainly be following you on the website, and uh, hopefully we can get some winners, my friend. Oh, hopefully we can. We're off to a good start this year. All right, Brian, take care. Okay, thank you. That was Brian Mazurik uh, from Buffalo Raceway. Mike, your old haunt. They've got a brand-new announcer's booth up there, and uh, I'll tell you what, the well, the old announcer's booth wasn't bad, was it? No, it wasn't bad at all. The only the only thing that's tough about the announcer's booth at Buffalo, it's about maybe two, uh, maybe 150 feet or so, maybe 200 feet to the left of the wire. So uh, when you're making one of those uh, tight photo finish calls, you got to kind of, uh, you know, kind of be a little bit more uh, reserved about it. But the announcer's booth uh, there is a very, very big, kind of like yours at Harris, Philadelphia. 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, but, you know, we should do a show about that one time, but I'll just booths uh, across the country. Maybe we'll take a little road trip and take some pictures and uh, kind of make it an interactive thing because every – that's one thing about announcers booths, Mike, is every announcers booth has their little bit of a uh, – they've all got their own personality, put it that way. <laughs> You know what? Listen, I've got you know what? I've got an idea. When we get off the show, I've got a, I, I've got an idea. Maybe uh, we could do uh, a little bit of a series on this. Uh, so, so uh, you know, let, let's have a meeting afterwards. Absolutely, sounds good. Well, listen, we've uh, we've got uh, a couple of more things to talk about before we call it quits on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're about to kick in our international coverage. We're talking a little bit about that before the show. The pre D Amerique is coming up. This weekend, and uh, a lot of familiar faces, Mike, Bold Eagle, uh, Lionel, some of those uh, horses will be doing battle once again, and uh, Bold Eagle, obviously, a big, big fan favorite, not only overseas, but he certainly has a care of All right. I think uh, we lost uh, Mike Bozich there. Uh, we're going to talk pre-Deamarique. When we come back from this timeout, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 
888-4263. It's thestable.ca. edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And now that I've retrieved Mike Bozich from the river, uh, we are going to uh, kind of talk about a couple of more things that are coming up. Uh, you know, we've, we've got some exciting stuff uh, coming up, Mike. And uh, listen, I hope your uh, shirt dried off uh, in the couple of minutes that we had there. Holy moly. Well, we just had a quick rainstorm and it cleared up very quickly. So. Uh... <laughs> Well, listen, we've got some great stuff coming up. Uh, we're not going to talk about uh, exactly the details, but, Mike, we've got a, a little bit of a give-back campaign coming up in 2018 that we're really excited to uh, kind of kick off. Uh, like the details will be forthcoming soon on uh, our give-back campaign in 2018. And, Mike, uh, the, the sport of harness racing has been really great to this show uh, over the past couple of years, and uh, we want to give back uh, to the sport that has been so good to us. Uh, we want to continue to be good to them. Absolutely, and you can stay tuned for those details coming up in our brand-new newsletter that uh, will be surfacing over the uh, next couple of weeks. We can try to get the first one out tonight. Obviously, we're not going to promo it very much because it's good. we just want to get our feet wet a little bit. But uh, stay tuned to our website with mike.com and our social media uh, outlets, Facebook and Twitter, for more information for that. Uh, plus, the pre week is coming up, Mike. We're going to start to kick in our international coverage coming up in uh, over the next couple of weeks and uh, a lot of familiar faces coming up in the pre week this weekend with bold eagle lionel and the bold eagle certainly has a lot of fans not only overseas but uh, starting to get quite a, a following here in the states as well mike yeah definitely uh there's been a lot of talk of uh wanting to see bold eagle race here in the united states uh frank navard the trainer of bold eagle has uh said a couple of times he's not sure if he'll make the trek but it'll be kind of interesting to see uh what they do with his champion if they can pull off another uh triple crown victory this year last year they ended i believe it was 40 some years mike since uh the triple crown had been won and bold eagle was able to pull it off in france and uh what a performance that was uh, coming up last year. All right. Well, everybody, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to follow us on hey, Mike. social media and uh, log on to uh, hey, Mike. Like, follow us on Facebook, like us on Twitter. Yes, sir. Hey, hey we, uh, we got one more thing we want to quickly touch on. The, the George Martin, Morton Levy Memorial Pace Contest is back this year. Uh, right. We're going to do it with uh, 64 participants, and uh, we're going to have some more uh, some more details uh, about that coming up soon. So uh, make sure you keep your eyes and ears to our newsletter coming up, uh, press releases, social media. We've got some great things going on uh, here uh, on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Absolutely. And one final thing, make sure you stay tuned to our Handicappers Corner section of the web. we just got a lot of things going on. Our Handicappers Corner section of the website, of course, is brought to you by our good friends at Midwest Harness Report. Visit them at MidwestHarnessReport.com. And, Mike, we've got Gold Sheet Bob that's giving out the weekly Northfield Park selections. We do Western Fair selections on Mondays and Tuesdays, and we're going to start to add some video content. You may have seen a little bit of a preview on that on our Facebook Live. We're going to add that to the website as well as time goes forward. So, a lot going on as post time with Mike and Mike starts to branch out a little bit. Mike, we're, we started with a little little baby show about two and a half years ago, and now we're blossoming into uh, a whole lot of things, Mike. Listen, we're blossoming into uh, a little bit of a uh, 
little bit of a uh, sort of a business aspect of it, Mike. Uh, we, you know, just the two of us. We've got some great people to help us out. Uh, Gold Sheet Bob, Garnett Barnsdale, Jess Gotten, Taylor Johnston, and crew. Uh, Rich, the natural Matei. Um, I'm sure you. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some selections uh, from him on this weekend's Pegasus World Cup card. We certainly want to thank everybody who took time out to uh, join us this morning, Mike. Yeah, no question about it. Once again, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep an eye out for that newsletter at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. On behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we'll see you next Thursday morning with the first post of 10.30. Good night, everybody. Stay here I know